Welcome to Beyond the Sermon, Casting Nets podcast. I'm Pastor Dave Rudat. I am joined together, joined here today by Pastor Will Harley from St. John and Maribel. He is in the cave, in the darkened cave, but not Maribel Caves, the darkened cave of his office. And yeah, for whatever reason, the light just does not shine on my on my desk like it should, and it's playing funny things with the shadows. The black hole of your soul is just absorbing everything. It is. It is. But I'm wearing a white shirt, so. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we are also joined by Pastor Dave Endorf from Brooklyn Lutheran Church in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Hi. And he is very cheerful today. His team had a very good game on Sunday. Did they not? We we did have a very good game. And and now we're we've dropped to the fourth pick in the draft. So we are rising in the standings. Very good. We are much less pathetic than we were. So I <laughs> were you looking forward to the draft, Dave, or are you uh you're like just just stay in the gutter for the rest of the season? Or how are your feelings on that? No, I'm, I'm looking forward to going 12 and, and 5 for the rest of the season and winning the Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> so if, in case you don't know, his team is the Denver Broncos, and they played the uh, Green Bay Packers on Sunday. So those of us in this area got to have all of their hopes dashed as their team fell apart. And Dave, on the other hand, got to see, yes, finally, the shoe can wear be worn on the other foot. I think it was just uh, the Packers were trying to throw them a bone. Hey, we we can sacrifice one for them. Make them feel better. <laughs> yeah, when they right before uh, Jordan Love threw the interception, or a little bit before, there was this uh, statistic: like he is his balls are the ones that go in the air the longest because they have this such a high arc. I'm like, there's a reason why you don't throw balls with a very high arc. And then, of course, at the end of the game, that's the reason why. He just floats one out there for, yeah. He was being gracious. He was being gracious. And then then we were talking about how the guy who intercepted that was in for the safety who got ejected for unnecessary roughness. And that if he hadn't been in there, the, the safety who got ejected probably would not have made that interception so it's kind of like okay we'll take it well speaking of football (laughs) and interceptions and things not going the way you wanted yeah the proper 24 is our reading for today i don't know which was it 20 what 20 is 21 sunday after pentecost uh, proper 24, we all preached on the same text, Matthew 22, verses 15 to 22. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted together how to trap Jesus in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are truthful and teach the way of God in accord with the truth. You are not concerned about gaining anyone's approval because you are not swayed by appearances. So tell us, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus knew their evil purpose and said, Why are you testing me, hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. They brought him a denarius. He asked them, Whose image and inscription is this? Caesar's, they replied to him. Then he said to them, Therefore give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things 
that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. Then they left him and went away. This is the text all three of us preached on. We did. I'm interested to see what we all kind of took away from that. Because <clears throat> I'm, I'm guessing we all had a different focus. Maybe we didn't. Yeah, let's find out. Yeah. Uh, mine was a focus on balance. Like in Christ, we balance our dual citizenship. So and by way of an introduction, I talked about the two flags that we have in our um, sanctuary. We've got the American flag and the Christian flag. And so I, I asked the question, why is this flag sitting up there, the American flag? And waited for their blood to start boiling and then t- to say, well, this was because your ancestors <laughs> needed to prove their loyalty to America. Do you think they've proven their loyalty to America? Do we still need to have this up there? And then I said, oh, but there's this other flag out there. And then since the, the Sunday school kids sang that morning, then I invited the kids up there to say, hey, let's, tell, let's talk about the, the Christian flag. And then I went, went outside of my uh, normal operating procedure and then did the rest of the sermon in the middle of the sanctuary, in the middle of the, well, the middle of the chancel, but the chancel is divided into the chancel and the sanctuary, so the area between the communion rail and the altar. So I went right in between those two, right in between the two flags, and then I would talk about how we balance these two citizenships that we have. So when sometimes when, and I was in the law section of when we are so focused into being a citizen of this country, then I started inching my way over to the American flag, and that was the law section there. And, uh, and the obvious things where we think that um, we just think that our politics are therefore an extension of our faith, or our politics are more important than our faith, or that our politics say to us, well, we shouldn't pray for our president or our governor because they do all the evil things that they do that we don't politically agree with. And it didn't matter. I I used examples on both sides because I knew I had folks in the pews that were on both sides. And then I inched my way over to the other side and I said, you can get over here too, where you start saying, I'm not going to have any involvement in civic affairs, no involvement whatsoever in the affairs of this government. And you forget that God has given you this vocation as citizen and that you can participate in both. So that was the law section over there. And then I said, in Christ, do we truly find balance between the two? Jesus uh, had his foot in both sides, and he did that for us because we can't. Um, We can't keep that balance. We're always swinging one way or the other because we're prideful. Uh, We have a selfish heart that's always looking for ourselves, our own interests rather than the interests of of God or the interests of our neighbor. And the same thing with the Herodians and the Pharisees. They were only in there for their own interests and not in the interest of the kingdom, truly the kingdom of God or, the, or their neighbor as well. So that's how I ended the, the uh, sermon on that is Christ did this for you, and because of him, now you live as both a citizen of both of those. Uh, empowered by his word, we live in both kingdoms, and by his power alone can we keep the balance. Nice. Um, so is there anything you wish you maybe would have spent more time on or tackled uh, that you were like, you know what? I really wish I would have, after it was all said and done, spent, spent some time saying, um, well, I guess we'll, we'll see what you guys also say. Cause you'll probably cover the things that I okay. would have liked to have covered. So. 
All right. Well, if not, then we'll come back and revisit that question and say, well, none of us picked up on it. So now we can we can say it. Pastor Endorf, do you want to go next or do you want me to go next? What would your what would your preference be? Go ahead. All right. Well, with that invitation, I can definitely say that um, for all those who tried to view online, for whatever reason, we had no sound. So it was probably the greatest sermon you ever heard. Um, <clears throat> so um, just seeing me up there flailing about, and uh, that was that was probably a, a good thing. But my my sermon theme was inscribed image, and so that was my 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 sermon theme. And uh, um, I kind of started off the entire sermon by you know, kind of saying exactly what, what you sort of said, just in a very similar way, just saying, you know, a lot of people this, this weekend are going to be preaching about the two kingdoms. <laughs> I just said a lot of, you know, they're going to look at the readings and they're going to say, we're going to preach about the, you know, the kingdom of this world, the government, and they're going to preach about, about uh, the kingdom of God. And I said, I'm not doing that this morning. I said, I'm going to do something different. Uh, and I said, I'm going to preach about, about what's a little bit deeper and so I said, um, we had a little visual aid, and so I invited everybody to take out um, either a dollar bill, $5 bill, $20 bill, whatever they had. It said, if you got a wallet or a purse, take out some money. And I said, so uh, just so we're clear so that I, I have not missed something, I said, can anybody tell me um, whose name is on that bill? <laughs> And kind of started it that way with with them recognizing on the bill it says, you know, that that's the Federal Reserve on uh, the United States of America. And I said, I just wanted to make sure because I said, um, I have heard all too often people say, that's my money. And I said, I wanted to make sure that our names weren't on it. Um, and I... And I said, I went on from there just to say, you know, it is our sinful nature to take things that aren't ours and to make them ours and to think that we have control over them and that we can dictate how they're used and what they can do and can't do. And I said, and so when we pay taxes to the government and they use that, those taxes to support abortions, we scream, that's my money. How dare they? And I said, I just wanted to make sure that these dollars or these bills didn't have your name on it. Because if it has your name on it, then it's your money. But I said, if it doesn't, it's it's not. And they can do whatever they want with it. And and so the law section is is how that my 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 whole law section in that was we don't like that. We're we're just like the the Pharisees, just like the Sadducees. We get caught up in the this is mine. And what can we do with it? And what what will I allow it to be done? Um and we've missed the entire purpose that when someone else allows you to use their things, it's not yours and they can call it back and they can have it back. And then I moved from there into how, and if we do this with money and we do this with our stuff and we do this, I said, even with the land, I said, you may have a deed to the land, but I said, is it really yours? I said, you know, the things can change. And now that deed means nothing. I said, because it's not necessarily, it's not yours. It's inscribed by somebody else. And I said, how much more does that happen when, when it's with our soul and it's with what God has created? And I brought them back to Genesis where, where I, I, I told them, you know, in the beginning, God created man and woman in his image. 
you know, in his likeness. And I said, we lost that image. We came in, we, we then were refashioned in the image of, uh, of Satan. And I said, and that has guided a lot of our thoughts and a lot of our minds. But I said, God did not want us to stay there. And so he sent his son to engrave his image into you. And I said, and he did it through his word and planting it in your heart. And he did it through the waters of baptism where, where I brought him back to upon your forehead and upon your heart, the, the sign of the cross was made engraved there for you. Uh, and then water, it was it was set in stone there that the Holy Spirit has made you his own uh, and rooted you in Christ and clothed you in Christ. And I said, so you are now this engraved image of the one who gave everything for you and engraved your names, Isaiah 49, upon his own hands and then died for you. And that when he calls you to action, when he calls you to live, when he calls you uh, to render to him He's calling your entire being, your entire life, because that's who you are. And and I said, um, as I was kind of wrapping up, and there was more in there a little bit, but as I was wrapping it up, I I brought back that dollar and I said, you know, I could I could care less if you put this dollar in the offering plate. I, I said, I really could. I said, I understand the church needs money to be able to pay for the bills and things of that nature. But I said, I said, God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need those things. I said, God doesn't necessarily even need us because he is God. <laughs> um, but I said, I don't need this dollar to go in the offering plate. I don't need whatever you've held up to go in the offering plate because I know God has put onto your heart his son. God has inscribed him there and God has claimed you. And so you are the offering. You are are the people that God has put into the position to do the work and to be a part of the church and to live and has been have been called to do this. And you've been forgiven and reinvigorated and ready to go out and carry that that kind of message. So that's kind of my where I went with my my sermon. So it was more on the give to God the things that are God's. Absolutely. Uh, a complete focus on on give to the Lord what is the Lord's. And and by the way, you are the Lord's. <laughs> So, um, mm-hmm. and one by, by the blood of Christ, um, bringing up from, you know, you are bought at a price, not of gold and silver, but of the very precious and innocent blood of Christ. So. All right. Now it's Dave's turn. And so I, I talked about, um, paying what we owe to people and, I, I talked about how uh, going back to the end of the Babylonian captivity, the Israelites had been given an opportunity to rebuild the temple, and they'd done a really poor job about it. So Herod comes in and says, this mountain's not big enough for the temple I want to build, so I'm going to make a bigger mountain and and then build the temple on top of that and when you're a murderous psychopath you can you can do that and and he built this beautiful temple and, and that's why they were herodians because you know they had that you know when you accomplish great earthly things you get followers and and, and the peace of rome had given you know, that kind of an environment to accomplish those kinds of things. And it, it made it so that the Pharisees could be 
you know, devoting their whole lives to, to study and, and to teaching and could have Jews coming from the ends of the earth to come and, and make sacrifices at the temple. And everybody there was better off because of, you know, the things that God was doing in in Rome and, and through the government. And they were taking advantage of these things. And now they're trying to trap Jesus by saying, um, do you want us to pay taxes or not? Because they know, um, you know, the Herodians are all for, uh, you know, Herod and, and the, the Roman system. And if you if you don't pay taxes, we're going to turn you in and, and, and we're going to get you in trouble with the Romans. And the Pharisees are, are that that kind of have those connections to that far religious. Oh, we don't want anything to do with the world kind of thing. Don't pay taxes to the government. Don't be a collaborator with the Roman invaders kind of thing. So if you say, uh, pay your taxes, we'll get you in trouble with those people. So who, who are you going to, who are you going to offend Jesus? You've got a problem. And Jesus exposes their hypocrisy by saying, you people who are trying to trap me are hypocrites because you're both benefiting from what's going on right here, but you don't want to pay for it. And, and so you're both just ungrateful. And that's the real problem here. And everybody who was listening to Jesus understood the point that he was making to them because, you know, the, the image on Caesar on the coin was Caesar. He's the one making the money. He's the one providing. He's the, the one minting the money. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one paying the legions. He's the one enforcing the peace. He's the one who makes it so you can be a Herodian, so, so you can be a Pharisee. And we don't want to be ungrateful like that, you know, and we don't want to be the kids who, you know, their parents go to work day after day, and then their, their parents' paycheck disappears because they've got to pay for the bills and the, the school clothes, and, and then their kids roll their eyes at them because they've got to clean their room and take out the trash. We don't want to be that kind of ungrateful person who doesn't pay what they owe. You know, we don't want to be the person who... Um, forgets that that God's the one who put the government in place but it's hard because we we look at the the government and we think what in the world is going on and i i don't know politics um but it seems like a mess you know it seems like a mess in um washington it, it seems like there are certainly problems in uh, Minnesota. It seems like there's there's definitely problems in the Middle East. You know, so how do we how do we pay what we owe when everything seems like a mess? You know, and because we don't want to be grateful. We don't want to be ungrateful. And what we have in our text is God's response to that. Because it's not just Jesus saying, don't be a hypocrite. It, it's Jesus as part of that march to the cross, and he's confronting these spies from the um, leaders of the Jews, 
it's something that Mark and Luke point out in in their readings, and 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 he's forcing the issue of that that you, they have to confront their sins, and one of those sins is hypocrisy, so that they're going to have to turn him over to the Romans to be crucified. That yes, he's clever about it, and he turns it back on them, but. He doesn't avoid the cross by doing that, you know, that he exposes them and he exposes their sin because he's willing to go to the cross for the times that we're unable to pay what we owe because we don't know what we owe in the first place, because we're ungrateful because of all of those problems and issues and and that's then what gives us the basis for being able to pay what we owe, that we know God's always there to watch over us and take care of us, and that you know we trust him when the government doesn't seem to make any sense, that the same God who used the, the Romans and the leaders of the Jews for our salvation is the same God who is at work today, and 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 for all I know, it could be brilliant politics in in Washington, and it could all work out, because I don't know. But I do know God, yeah. and well, he is the God who has never, never failed his church, and he will bless us and take care of us. And so we honor the government because we honor God. We fear, love, and trust in God above all things. You know, and we honor our parents even when it doesn't seem to make sense because, you know, if nothing else, God chose our parents because he wants us to go to heaven. And and there's so much more to it than that when it comes to almost all kids. But, you know, that's the baseline. That's where we start as believers. And then when it gets to even the smaller things, you know, we can be be generous and giving and paying what we owe because, you know, God will never leave us or forsake us. And so we don't have to, um, you know, pinch pennies or, or try to, uh, you know, push people off or, or shortchange people or any of those other things that, you know, people who are worried and afraid do because God will provide. And so we can pay what we owe, whether it's to the government or to our family or to our friends or to the church, but most of all, to the God who has loved us and has given us his son to be our savior. That's interesting. The, the take that you that that uh, you had said throughout the sermon that you know we want to be grateful. Um, the reason I say that's interesting is because you you purposely crafted, and I know we all do in some respect, but you purposely purposely crafted your sermon to speak to the heart of the Christian in the pew, not to the unbeliever in the pew, um, which I thought is a really interesting approach. Because you 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 talked right to them, dear Christian, you don't want to be ungrateful, <laughs> and 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 that was kind of different than the way that I approached it, which was I'm going to tackle the sinner that's in the pew, which is you don't want you don't you don't want to give up uh, your control what you what you think, and you you took it from a different angle, which I thought that was really kind of neat, taking it from the angle of I'm going to I'm going to talk to the Christian in the pew. And the Christian in the pew says, I want to do what is right, but it's hard. 
it is. And even the the conscience of the unbeliever that says, I want to be grateful. I don't want to be an ungrateful jerk. You know, they have that conscience. But uh, I I did that intentionally because I recognize that I think some of my my last couple of sermons have been a little more or a little less positive than than I want to be. So (laughs) so I I wanted to kind of, you know, thanks. I don't all the time do that, um, where you recognize the Christian in the pew as much as you should. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so I, I'm very appreciative of the way that you approach that, um, saying, you know, I'm going to talk to the believer in the pew, and, and, and the believer wants to do what is good and God-pleasing. Um, the only question that I had is, can they ever pay what they owe? Florida. Can can we ever live can we ever live in a life that's imbalanced between a membership of both kingdoms? Can we ever truly appreciate that we are truly gods that he has put his image on? No, obviously yeah. not. We we continually need right. Christ. Right. Yeah, and, and there's that continuing continuing debt to love one another that we have. You know. I am but an unworthy servant. I have only done my duty. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was a great approach. I I think that would have been a. I, I would, I'm gonna put that, that in my notes for the next time I preach it because I really like that ungrateful. That's the and because it, it ties in the hypocrisy and the why they are amazed because that would be one thing where, I, right. I didn't really touch on why were they really amazed because he is not only, um, he's not only addressing the Pharisees but he's also addressing the Herodians and he's also addressing the people that are listening. Uh, this is. It, he's taken the higher the high road. You guys think it's these two things, but really it's a greater thing. You're not grateful to the God who provides both a government and provides everything else. Yeah, well, and also what salvation a, and everything else. Yeah, what a what a great little twist in there to to <clears throat> add for the law, which I really appreciate. And, and I think both of you kind of did it in some ways, and I I kind of glossed over it because I had focused on something else. But that idea of the using. Right. You know, you have the Pharisees who, you know, rejected, I don't want to pay taxes to Caesar, but they were using everything that Caesar was bringing to the table. And the Herodians, you know, we want to, we want to defend the, the, the government and we want to do all these things and, and support the government. Um, but they were gaining all of the benefit of what the church was bringing. Um, and, and that, that, that kind of interplay of, of, you know, we're using the system, but yet we don't want to, support the system um that's that's kind of a neat interplay too in the text yeah oh definitely and i i listened to a, a planet money episode which is a an npr podcast about economics and and they went to a a very ultra libertarian uh enclave where you had to exchange your money for silver ahead of time and and everything was such a hassle to do without cash that everything we take for granted of just going to the store and using your debit card to get breakfast or or to get groceries became just next level complicated that it makes you appreciate how much of a gift it is to have a government that takes care of printing money you know that yeah, it's a blessing we don't think about very often. Right. But we complain about it a lot. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Thank you.
very much. Like I said, I'm going to put those in my notes because I think that's a, a really good approach for three years or six years down the road, depending on when I'll preach it next. So, All right. Well, thank you very much, dear listener, for listening to Beyond the Sermon. This is not an award show. Uh, if we we're going to give an award, though, <laughs> I would give the award. Awards. <laughs> I would give the award to Pastor Andor. Yeah, Pastor Andor won the award today. This is not an Over award night. show. This is the uh, this is three guys talking about the text, enjoying what God has uh, um, revealed to us in the past week, and then also talking about how things in that text that we didn't get a chance to talk about. And obviously, as you hear three guys talk about it, you see that there are so many different kinds of sermons in the text, all of them pointing to Christ, all of us, all of them reminding us just how much we need Christ and, and how awesome it is that Christ uh, lived for us, lived in this world for us, but then also went to Jerusalem to die for us and rise again. So join us next week for Beyond the Sermon.